Hey, and welcome to this podcast by Chestnut Mountain Church, located in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where our mission is to saturate the world by making disciples. We invite you to check out our website at chestnutmountain.org and follow us on social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at chestnutmtn underscore to learn more about who we are. There are also video episodes located on our YouTube channel, along with other content not on this podcast. This episode features a sermon replay from Sunday's message. Let's take a listen. Looking back on 2021, you know, this is kind of that, uh uh-oh, where are we going now, right? Because we can look back on 2021, and yes, there's some things that, that a lot of us, honestly, would probably just rather forget. Certain things that, oh man, if I could just erase that out of our memory, we would be okay. But we look back at 2021 and there's a lot of things that deserve celebrating. There's a lot of things that we need to be excited about. I just think from a pastor's perspective, the fact that we can look back, even going back to March, I can remember probably just a handful of Sundays that we've not baptized somebody. Church, That's not happening everywhere. And that is something that we never need to take for granted, that we are getting to see life change. Friday night, we come for a candlelight service and we see life change. We see a young lady step from darkness to light. Man, it's just beautiful how God continues to honor when we just open the word and read it. Because this is what is sharper and cuts better than any two-edged sword. It's not anything I can say. It's not any song the band can sing, but it's the power of an almighty God. He is the one who saves. And man, we celebrate that. But there's one thing I think we can all agree with that we never need to get over in 2021. The Braves won the World Series. I mean, that is amen right there, isn't it? We don't ever need to get over that because we know that at this rate, it's gonna be how many years till we see it again? It's gonna be a long time. But we look back at that and we can think about that season of all the sleepless nights, all the anger, all the frustration, all of the late, late nights. And if you know me, if it's after 8.30, it is a late, late night. But man, on November 2nd, Everything changed for the Braves and us. But what's funny is we look back and, and on November 3rd, we're the world champions, right? We all tomahawk chopping with excitement. Okay, y'all don't have to clap anymore, Brock. That's, we've already celebrated that. Just quit. You're gonna hit, slow this thing down if you keep clapping. But on November 3rd, I remember we all kind of drug into the office going, okay, what now? But it's like all of a sudden, I even saw a Facebook post going out at about 7 and 7.30 on, on the next day on November 3rd. It's like, what do we do now? Like we've anticipated every night of baseball for like the last two months. And now all of a sudden, there's not a baseball game on TV. So what in the world are we supposed to do? What now? Christmas is very, very similar. All this energy starting, some of you in October, decorating your house. Y'all are just weird. But anyway... <laughs> My daughter undecorated her room yesterday. I'm like, Andy, it's still Christmas. I don't care. I'm ready to get this tree out of my room. It's like, you Scrooge. Anyway, sorry, Andy. I didn't mean to throw you under the bus. 
But it's like, here we are today. November, or November, December 26th. And we're all kind of dragging in here. All the energy is built up to yesterday and we walk in here now like, what now? What do we do now? All this excitement, all the lights, all the fun, all the festivities, all the parties, and all of a sudden it's just acts, it's over. Now, what do we do? And so that's what we're gonna be talking about this morning. It's kind of the, the now what, the busy, 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 and then all of a sudden the, the now what. You know, there's so much anticipation that goes into Christmas and it's very similar to all of the anticipation that went back into the scriptures of the coming of Christ. In the, in the birth of Jesus, there was so much anticipation for this Messiah. There was so much, very similar to us. We were anticipating that the Braves would win the World Series, but all of a sudden when it happened, it was kind of like, okay, what now? And I've wondered in my mind, is this the way the people in the Bible were? They've been hearing about this coming Messiah. They've been hearing about the coming King. And we know that in his birth, we know that when he was born, that this is a lot of, of, of conflict began. You had people believed that this was the Messiah. You had people that didn't believe this was the Messiah. But for those who believed, they've been so excited for this moment. They've been so excited leading up with so much anticipation to the coming King. We wonder now that he's born, now that some of them laid their eyes on him, what is it like? Oh, okay. Now what? Now what do we do? All this energy, all of our hope, we've been waiting on this and he's here now. So what do we do next? So what do we do next? And I believe with everything in me that everybody in the Bible, they were just as fleshly as us. And so if, if we constantly are thinking what now, I believe with everything in me, this was kind of the condition of their heart. It was like, what now? This is all of our hopes. This is all of our dreams and he's here. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this? And, and I want you to turn to the gospel of John, John chapter eight, verse 12. And we're gonna look at something just very quickly. We're not gonna be here very long, but I want us to look something very quickly that Jesus kind of enlightens them on what his coming meant. What does his arrival mean to the world? What does he, and almost what is the name does he give himself? And we see in John chapter eight, verse 12, Jesus says here, then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, the group of people that Jesus is addressing right now in this text is a group of people that were accusing a woman of adultery that was caught in the act of adultery. So you, you have a lot of different people from walks of life. You have believers, you have scribes, you have Pharisees, you had some elders, and they're all pointing their fingers at this lady who's been caught in the act of adultery. And then Jesus kind of spoils that party, and you know how the story goes, but at the end of that, he says here that I am the light of the world. And for Jesus to say such a statement, this was so bold because of everything that they've been hearing about for years. Everything has been leading up to this, this man named Jesus coming to earth. And as Isaiah chapter nine, verse two, you don't have to turn there, but I'll read it right quick. Isaiah chapter nine, verse two. It says, those people who walk in darkness will see a great light. 
And those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. That light that they are talking about, Jesus is now declaring, that's me. I'm the very one that you've been hearing about for years. I am the light that has come to the darkness. And we all know that when the light shows up in the darkness, it changes everything. And so that's what Jesus is saying. He said, the very reason that I've been sent is to change everything. And what we can read, I've been reading in a lot of commentary this week, and there's a lot of parallels that Jesus almost kind of speaks to himself as, as the rising sun at the break of dawn. And many of you have seen many sunrises, and you've seen as the sun comes up how it begins to change the landscape. It begins to change the sky. It honestly begins to change our mood. Because it's dark, it's gloomy, and now all of a sudden we can look at the sky and we see all the colors, and all of a sudden it's such a breath of fresh air because we see that this light is changing everything. And that's how, exactly how we see Jesus describing himself. I am the light that's going to change everything. I am the one who's going to turn the darkness from light. But all through the scriptures, when we see there's so many comparisons and there's so many times that we see darkness talked about and we see light talked about, we go back to the creation. Darkness covered the earth until God spoke and said, let there be light. You see, all of this speaking of the light was all building up to the coming of the light. It was all building up to the coming of the Messiah because the light is the only thing that can overtake the darkness. And so Jesus says, that's the very reason I'm coming. And the picture that he's painting here is that I'm the only one that can do this. I am the only one that can change everything. You see, I love it. It's almost like he's declaring himself the exclusive source of light. There's nothing else that can bring hope like I can. There's nothing else that can save like I can. I am the exclusive light. And we think about our universe and we think about the sun. The sun is the centerpiece of our universe and the universe just circles around this sun. Everything revolves around the sun and it's as if Jesus is saying here, I have come to be the centerpiece of hope. I have come to be the centerpiece of hope and everything in this universe is going to revolve around me and my glory. I have come to bring the light to the darkness. But then for those who believe, I, that, that text when he says there that if we follow, we are in the light as well. He says, I've come to be the centerpiece of hope and if you follow me, you will also live in that light. You will also live in that light. And what I love about the promises of God is that they never turn out any other way. His promises is that they are his promises. He says that if we walk in the light, we will never again walk in the darkness. For the believers, there is so much hope in that. Yes, will we stumble back into the shadows? Will we stumble back into those dark moments? Yes, but we will never actively walk in the darkness again because we will always be in the light because he is the light. 
And while all this is great news, that Jesus has come to change everything, that he is the exclusive source of hope, that he is the centerpiece of hope, that Jesus is the one that has come to bring light into a dark world, we always want to celebrate that. We're never going to get over celebrating that. And so for these people in Scripture who have been looking forward to this light coming, we wonder, are they going, okay, the light's here, now what? The light's here, but what does that mean for us? I want you to turn to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, and we're just going to read 14 through 16. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. This is from the passage of the Sermon on the Mount, so he's talking to who knows how many people, but we read here, it says... In verse 14, he says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So we see here, because of the language that Jesus is using, we know that he's addressing the believers. He says, you are the light of the world. Remember, the only way that we have that light source is to be in the light, which is Christ. And so when he calls them out here and he says that you are the light of the world, something jumped out to me that I've never really recognized in this passage, but just the the language that Jesus uses. Remember, we just read a moment ago that Jesus says that I am the light of the world. And then all of a sudden, he's talking to the multitudes, he's talking to the believers, and he's now saying that you are the light of the world. So the fact that the Savior of the world is using the same language to describe himself that he uses to describe us as followers of Christ, I don't know about you, but that's pretty humbling. Because we think back on the braves. Now, this is the comical part. We always love to throw the pronoun in there, we. We won the World Series. Man, we had a tough one last night. We just couldn't hit the ball. Who the heck is we? I can promise you that Brian Snicker in his post-game interview is never going to mention your name. He's never gonna say if they would have just hit the ball better. No, because we love to associate ourselves with that pronoun we because we just love being a part of something. But what weight did we carry in the winning of the World Series? Absolutely none. It don't matter how you wore your rally cap. It don't matter if you wore the same underwear for every game. Don't lie, you've all tried those kind of things. I'm not the only weirdo. Maybe I am. Some of you are going, yeah, he is. Um, But anyway, but we love to use the pronoun we because we love to be a part of something victorious. But do you not realize that Jesus Christ right here, we don't have to describe ourselves. He's doing it for us. The savior of the world is saying, I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you are the light of the world. Church, that's allowing us into something that never loses. That is allowing us to be a part of something that will always be victorious. But guess what? It's not Brian Snitker using that language. 
It's the savior of the world, including us. Do you realize the weight of what Jesus is saying? He's including us into the same light that he is. And so what we realize is the thing that we talk about a lot is our identity. Jesus is saying, your identity is mine. Your identity is who I am, not who you are. And I don't know about you, but I am thankful for that every day of my life. That my identity is in him and not in me. But the savior of the world is associating us with him. The ultimate victor is giving us our identity. But it doesn't stop there. He tells us, tells them, tells the believers, you are the light of the world. He doesn't say you should be the light of the world. This is a direct commandment from the one who has given us the light. This is not a suggestion. If you are a follower of Christ, if you are walking in his light, you are commanded by the savior of the world to be that light in this world. He's calling us as the church. He's calling us as believers to be the very same light that he is. And if the spirit of God is living in you this morning, you are commanded by the one that gave it to you to let it shine. You are commanded by the one that is the light to let that very light shine in this dark world. And that's exactly what he says in verse 16. He says there, he commands them at the Sermon on the Mount, let your light shine before men. Let your light shine before men. You know, I know I keep going back and painting the picture um, of the Braves game in the World Series, but you know, November 3rd, November 4th, November 5th, all of those days, everybody was jumping online. You were buying the World Series hats. You were buying the World Series shirts. Academy sports, you couldn't even get in there. Every Braves item was stripped off the shelves. And I saw this, this thing that I wanted. And I began to explain to somebody this thing I wanted. I, I began to talk about this, this World Champion Cup that I wanted. And then somebody looked at me and they go, oh, you're talking about the beer bat. I said, huh? They said, you're talking about the beer bat. I said, no, I'm talking about the cup that's made out of a bat. They said, well, the purpose of that is to drink beer out of it. So my wife gave me a beer bat. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever tried to drink out of these things? My, evidently my nose is too big because it, the, yeah, anyway, that's any. But the point being is the reason that we all bought these items, the reason that we all wear our brave shirts now, the reason that we all wear the world champion hats, the reason we wear the world champion shirts is because we don't want that news to die out. We don't want our people to forget we are the champions. We don't want that news to fade out. We don't want that news to slow down because we know how hungry we've been to win it for so long. See, I just said weird, did y'all hear that? We've been all hungry to win the World Series and now all of a sudden we did and we're going to exhaust our pocketbooks. We're going to exhaust everything we have so that we don't let this good news die out that the Braves won the World Series. 
I began to think about that, and I'll be honest, I fell under so much conviction. Because what would it look like if the church carried that much energy that the good news of Jesus Christ didn't fade? That the good news of Christ didn't slow down? Yes, we can look back on 2021 and be so thankful for what God did in this place, what God did in your life, what God did in my life. But shame on us if we let it fade. Why don't we exhaust ourselves every day of our life to make sure that that excitement doesn't slow down? Because the reality is Jesus is still Lord. Jesus is still Savior. Jesus is still victorious. It doesn't matter if we wear a hat, a t-shirt, or a bracelet. But shame on us that we as the church don't have that same energy to make sure that the gospel doesn't fade to make sure the good news doesn't slow down. Because the truth is, is when he tells them on the Sermon on the Mount, you are the light of the world. Remember, he said that he is, but now because he's living in us, you and me, the church, the big C church, we are the exclusive light of the world. Not because we're great, but because we have the spirit of God living in us. And we are the, the bearers of that light. So we are the exclusive source of hope to so many people. Not our flesh, not in our names, but because we are carriers of the only one that gives hope. The only one that gives light. But you know, I wanna ask you a question. How bright is the light you carry? How bright is the light that you carry? Because if you don't remember anything else we say today, I want you to remember this, I want you to write it down, but you're only gonna be as bright as you are close. You're only gonna be as bright as you are close. There's nothing more frustrating than waking up in the morning and taking your phone off the charger and you realize all of a sudden that your phone didn't charge or you forgot to plug it in or if you're like mine, they get pocket lint in them and it doesn't connect and then you wake up in the morning and you look and it's still on like 6%. And then what you find yourself having to do all day long, if you don't have access to a charger, if you're not in your vehicle, is you find yourself having to conserve energy. You have to find yourself to, to make the phone work just so it doesn't exhaust itself. And the reality is, is because it's not charged, you can't use the phone to its full potential. And what you have to understand, church, when we're not connected to the life source, when we're not close to the light that gives us the light, you realize that we end up walking through life simply conserving energy and that the savior of the world can't use us the way that we were designed to be used. That's not on him, that's on us because we're only gonna be as bright as we are close. And so if that light in you is not bright, it's not because Jesus loves you less. 
It's not because you have less of the Holy Spirit than somebody else does, but it just means you aren't walking as close with him as somebody else is. You're only as bright as you are close. Church, I don't wanna be that follower of Christ that God feels like he has to conserve energy on how he uses me because I'm not bright, I'm not connected, I'm not charged up with the spirit of God living in me. I wanna walk close, but church, here's the truth. There's mornings I wake up that evidently I wasn't plugged up because I just don't feel like it. There's days that I just kinda wanna go through the motions, but it has nothing to do with the power of God living in me because it's the same power living in me. And you don't know, there's all the debate of the Holy Spirit. And this is where I take a stance in this. The reality is, is I believe that at the moment of salvation, we've got all of the Holy Spirit. But the question we've got to ask is the Holy Spirit have all of us. Are we going to die to ourselves daily so that the Spirit of God can arise in us? Because we're the only thing that gets in the way. We're the only thing that gets in the way from being used by an almighty God. It's the very reason he saved you. He didn't save you to sit you. He saved you to deploy you. He saved you to put you to work. He saved you to go to war. He saved you to go to battle. But are we living this way? How bright is the light you carry? How bright is the light you carry? If we're as close as we should be, then God uses us the way that we're intended to be used. And the way that we're intended to be used, he piggybacks here off in verse 16, in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. If God's using you, people will notice. If the light in you is shining, people will notice. And you may be sitting there right now asking the question, or maybe this is something you wanna ask. Have you ever wondered, where does God wanna use me? Where does God want to use me? Remember, you're the light of the world. So you ready for some earth shattering news, church? I'm gonna tell you exactly where God wants to use you. He wants to use you in dark places. It's that simple. If Jesus, the light of the world, is living in you to answer your question, where does God want to use me? He wants to use you in the darkness. And I know if we look back at 2021, you may look at, at your job you may hate it. Teenagers, you may hate your school. You may hate the team you're on. For some of us in this room, we may, and maybe I don't need to use the word hate, that's pretty heavy word, we dislike a lot. Maybe you can look back over your last two to three days and you spent time with family members that you dislike an awful lot. 
And it seems like in 2021, you think about your job, you think about your school, you think about your team, you think about your family, and you think about, man, I'm just surrounded by darkness. The reason that you're surrounded by darkness is because the light of the world is living in you and he wants to use the light in you to turn the darkness to light. And I know if you're like me that 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 sounds awesome. Yeah, God, I want you to use me in the darkness. But God, I'm the one stuck in the darkness. That sounds a whole lot easier than it really is. And maybe right now you're looking at your situations at home, at work, your job, and you just feel like you are encapsulated by darkness. The reality is the first step we have to understand is that's exactly where God wants to use you. That's exactly where God wants to use you. And I know that we can scratch our head and go, God, but that's that's just not fair. God, I'm the one living in this mess. There's another side of that coin that I want you to think about. This is the heart of the heavenly father. If it's true that you're only as bright as you are close, if it's true that you can only shine bright when you are walking connected to the one who is the light, yes, God wants to use you in the darkness, but could we get a glimpse of just the heart of the heavenly father then maybe even the reason that he has you in these dark places is because he desires such an intimacy and a closeness with you. Because when we're in those dark moments, church, I don't know about you, but I know nowhere else to run but him. And the reason that maybe we find ourselves in these difficult spots, in these difficult, tough situations is not only that God can use us, but that we can walk closer to the father who loves us. Have you ever looked at conflict that way? Have you ever looked at darkness that way? That maybe the reason I'm stuck in this is because my heavenly father wants me close. Because my heavenly father wants me close. And as a follower of Christ, can I tell you, you'll never grow up enough that you can't afford to be not close It don't matter how mature of a Christian you think you are. It don't matter how many Bible verses you think you've memorized. But the truth is, you can't be the light of the world without crawling up in the heavenly father's lap and letting him ignite your light. You can't do it. You're never big enough to do this thing on your own. You're never big enough to do this on your own. So, you know, I don't, I don't know who that's for today. Because maybe in 2022, what you're hoping is that it's come a, come a new job. Maybe you're hoping the school's gonna shut down and you get to change schools. But be encouraged today that as a follower of Christ, If you find yourself surrounded by darkness, that's the very place the Father wants to use you. That's the very place the Father wants to use you. And I'm about to say something that's, 
It's either bold or stupid. I don't really know which one it is. But my prayer for our church in 2022 is that God opens some doors in some dark places. I pray that God opens some doors in some dark places. Because what I know is that we are the light of the world. And that if he opens the doors to dark places, that because of his power living in us, that light changes everything. And so I'm praying in 2022 that God opens some doors that are gonna leave us scratching our head. You sure you want us to go there? You're sure you want us to be there? Remember, as the light of the world, God wants to use us in dark places. But church, with that in mind, that God wants to use us in the dark places. We've got to always remember how important it is to stay close. I've got a good friend of mine that a lot of the times when we hang up on the phone or I finish eating with him or talking with him, he always tells me, stay close and stay clean. Stay close and stay clean. And so I guess as we kind of conclude today, the question that I would have is, how bright is the light shining in you? How bright is the light you carry? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made a decision or if you have any questions about salvation or anything about this Christian journey, one of our pastors would love to connect with you. So to connect and find out what your next steps are, go to our website at chestnutmountain.org slash next steps, and there will be a form for you to fill out so one of our pastors can connect with you. We also want you to do three things right now. Number one, leave a review on this podcast. Tell us what you think. And also, a review allows us to reach even more people. Number two, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode during the week. And number three, we want you to go check out our Chestnut Mountain Church YouTube channel. So maybe there's some visuals in this episode that you couldn't see but wanted to see. And that's why we have video versions of these episodes along with other content not featured on this podcast right now on our YouTube channel. Lastly, we invite you to join us live for worship on Sunday mornings in person at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or online at 1045 as well. Learn more about us on our website at chestnutmountain.org and don't forget to follow us on social at chestnutmtn underscore for more encouragement and to see all what God is doing in and through CMC. We love you, we're praying for you, and we'll see you next time.